Nice shirt, dude. Thanks, man. Uh, I can I've seen through all of your uh, uh, artists that you've liked. I know, like you're a fan of Smiths as well, so I see that too. But man, uh, before we begin, just like how are you doing? Uh, first and foremost, how are you doing? How's uh, life on your end with everything going on? I'm all right. Um, it's definitely been really crappy knowing that you know we worked really hard like building up like this whole package of the no disco thing with the show and and um all that and then for it we we played one show and then literally COVID happened yeah so that's just been like a really tough thing to deal with because i just know how much work and time we invested into like building this and then launching it so just Taking the different approach now is like fine, but it's just uh, I wish. Yeah. I wish it could have been uh, different. For you sure. know. Yeah, I think the same with me. Uh, I like didn't think that you know the idea of concerts would be gone or like interviewing in person, and now it's all over like Zoom and or Facebook video call that I've done as well. So it's like a new, it's like a new real, a new digital reality which I didn't think would happen too soon. But, um, yeah, man, uh, to introduce myself, my name is Drill Osmond. Built uh, Studio One back in September uh, after a trip from London. Uh, I was planning on moving there because I, I write for Clash and things like that. But then a lot, yeah. And then a lot of people were, like, putting the battery in the back of my head, like, before you move out of Toronto, you should build your own thing. So I built this. It's a platform where I get to interview international artists, artists across Canada, but most importantly, artists like you in Toronto, because I feel like, you know, knowing, you know, you're from Toronto, I feel like our city doesn't have too many platforms that, like, encompass so many different artists. So, 100 So getting you on is, like, amazing. I know, uh, I know you've been doing music for about for a bit now, so I'm kind of late on the no disco uh, way, but it's, I'm glad to really get you on. Uh, I think your music's really, really great. But uh, before we really begin, man, can you just like briefly introduce yourself and then we'll just get started? Yeah, so I'm no disco. My name's Chris. Um, yeah, started started this project back in September and have released four songs thus far. Uh, the latest one being Unrelated, which came out like a week and a half ago. And uh, yeah, you know, I'm uh, gearing up to release like a full length kind of mixtape by the fall, I think, depending on a couple factors, maybe very end of the year, maybe early 2021, especially because of um, COVID. Like it's kind of just like made yeah. the timeline a little different, but yeah. It's a little brief little intro. Perfect, man. So getting started. So I know, you know, you uh, grew up in Toronto, you know, just like I did. But talk to me about what it was like growing up for you and, uh, you know, when you started building the, uh, you know, your vinyl collection, how when music really came into your life. Yeah, I just I just remember ever since I was a kid, just having like my iPod classic and just constantly listening. Like the thing about me was... I was definitely a listener before I was a musician. And even even t now, I almost see myself as more of a listener than like a full-blown musician because I'm not 
the best guitarist in the world. I'm not the best drummer in the world. I'm not the best so many things, but I just am an avid listener. And that's how I kind of always learned how to play. So like when it came to piano or, or even guitar, it was just like absolutely by ear. Like I can't read music for the life of me. Um, I took vocal in high school and failed all the theory parts and then got like nineties in the, in the, um, performance parts. And so I, I got out of there with a 50, but yeah, I just, so just the vinyl collection thing has just, it's just all I know how to do. I just love listening to listening to and referencing, um, people that I really look up to. Um, so I don't know. Vinyl is just a way for me to do that. And I have like a great little sound system and I just sit down and just go like, ah, yeah, I need that snare. And, uh, yeah. And that's like a large part of like, uh, what drew me into really wanting to have a conversation with you. Cause it's clear to me, like you're a fan of music. And I think I, that, that, that is what makes like the best artists that are like real fans of music and like love what they do. So talk to me about, um, yeah, that idea of what you're saying, how, like, you're more so, like, a listener and a fan. Because even when it comes to your name, No Disco, there's, like, research behind it. There's meaning behind it. And right. you reference so many different artists. And, you know, whether it's uh, Depeche Mode, whether it's, you know, Morrissey, whether it's uh, Bossa, no, like, so many different, like, variations to what you listen to because you're so uh, open-minded to it. Talk about that part of it because it's like amazing to know like you're a fan of music yeah because what i kind of realized when i started like producing with um like my really close collaborator milano was all songs need like a really strong idea so for me in listening to so many different types of music and 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 um you know, I would, I would just like research on like rate your music discogs and just going through Spotify and just all the discover the discovery aspects of it. I just wanted to, I, I was constantly on the lookout for just like production ideas and all that, because I've realized, I kind of just realized that all art is kind of borrowed in a sense, no matter how you want, how, like if you don't, yeah, it's, you have to, it's just, the uh, fact of it. So I just kind of became comfortable with that idea and um, just listening to so many different types of music allowed me to have so many different types of ideas. So with Thoughts From Your Car, I wanted to make like a, you know, coming coming of age movie kind of indie rock song, but I wanted to, like the thing with Milano and I is it's always like, let's do this, but then this throws something that totally doesn't make sense in it so that people don't listen to a no disco song and be like, ah, well, this is just another indie rock song yeah. or part of the new, uh, 1975, uh, uh, copycat stuff. Like I don't want to be part of that at all. So with that song, um, we were just like, I was listening to a bunch of Jimmy jam, Terry Lewis, like their stuff with Janet Jackson and SOS band and, um, all that so i was just like let's do one of their drum breaks and just like throw it in the bridge and with moonlight in my bedroom it's like okay well this is like a 
modern day kind of pop EDM song, but let's throw like Bossa Nova and the bridge. I just always want, I don't want people to ever be able to like figure me out. I don't want to be like, I don't want to have a record that just kind of, you're just like, oh, okay, that fits into that sub culture of like indie rock or whatever. I just want to have an all encompassing, especially when it comes to like my debut record. I just want it to be so diverse that I kind of just want to like impress people, I guess. I don't know. I have like a complex with that. No, I, I, I get that completely because, um, well, there's so many points to what you said. One, I do think uh, we now live in this like music climate where like an artist can dabble in so many different genres and that's more of an accepted thing whether before or in the past. But also to your point of um, the importance of a debut record and wanting to like set the standard of this is the type of artist that I am. Um, I listen to a bunch of different stylistics and genres. And on the note of 1975 as well, they had a lot of flack as well with the, their identity of people saying, you know, what are they? They're not a rock band, but now with their new records, there's more of a acceptance of, oh, they, they're making different type of records. But right. for you as a fan of music and as an artist, um, when it came to releasing Thoughts From Your Car and releasing records, I know you said that your name took a long time to figure out and then finally releasing records as an artist how has that process been for you because i know it's clear you care so much about what you release and your music and your visuals how i guess in two ways how hard has it been to uh finally release records because it's finally out in the world but also how hard has it been to just make sure that what you're releasing is what you your complete vision yeah, like, the thing is, is right now, I'm sitting on, like, 20 songs that we've created within, like, the last four years that are all, like, being very carefully kind of released because what I realized is I didn't have, like, this, you know, label support from the beginning and I don't have this, like, huge manager connect or anything. So it's, like, I know I have to start... It's not, not to say that these songs that I've released so thus far, like not what I'm extremely like, yeah. I'm, that I'm not extremely happy with them. I am, but we're just kind of saving songs that we think have like a bigger potential for when you know a fan base kind of accumulates more. Um, so I mean, it's just kind of like the the reality of the industry now. Like if I kind of realized that I started this project at a super high note and not to like you know talk myself up or whatever but i i purposely waited years and years and years to make sure that like the debut single was like what i would believe in for the rest of my life because you know i know people have like a first project that they're like ah. yeah. i just wanted out the gate to just be absolutely confident in everything so yeah now it's just like we have a bunch of songs done but now I, that's why people ask me like are you writing whatever it's like man honestly recently i just feel like i'm a marketer slash pr person slash uh, facebook ads manager yeah. like all i've been you know focused on recently is just the getting it in front of people 
because you know it's the classic advertising thing where you can have the best product in the world but if people don't know about it it doesn't matter yeah so it's just been trying to find that avenue and trying to find like the higher up that can kind of step in and believe in it and and give it the legs that it needs and i'm trying to do it all on my own thus far i've had some great like team members jump in but um yeah it's just now just trying to make sure i shove myself in enough people's faces yeah um, and like which is even harder everything you said too is exactly why i built this platform because we both you know grew up in toronto uh you know the much music and all these different like mtv live like we, we had these things but uh to your point like this is why i built this platform because artists like you in the city need the platform so they can showcase their music and things like that so that's like a really good point well, actually, just to, to jump on that, because I think it, I'm, I'm super happy to see you doing this because I, I think I know what you're kind of saying. I totally agree. Like the UK and the US has these great, great, like, you know, Beats One and even um, you Triple J in, in Australia. Yeah. Like we have CVC music and all that, but it, it feels like it doesn't really have the actual like cultural significance that like a BBC, um, BBC One and, and all those things have. So, and beats one and all that. So I think I think it's great, and I think that Toronto needs something like that. Yeah, that sure. had you know great interviews and great. So exactly. good on you. Because yeah, for sure. Because like, uh, way too many, way too many talented artists like yourself in the city that that just there's nothing, there's no press, there's no like, you know, and and then it puts you in a perspective where it's like, okay, like for you, for example, you know, you're a fan of music, you love what you're doing, but then now you have to focus on marketing yourself and doing all these things and you know and like you said like australia has triple j they have even they have their own thing right but yeah. um going back to the music so i know um just before you released odds from uh car uh you at university uh going to school um how did that work for you i guess just the idea of uh, i've talked to a few artists where they you know they go into school but then they're balancing jobs but you know they really wanted a career in music and eventually it did pan out for them for you at university i know that's where you connected with uh, mike from valley uh tell me about i guess that story and i don't know not to pile on the question but a lot of the things i've seen you read about like how you've been pestering people and annoying them why you know that's like you should see that as like a relentless drive you shouldn't like knack yourself for that yeah but uh sure. but yeah explain the, that whole story yeah so I I grew up in Toronto and weirdly, I don't know, like I've talked to a lot of people. Maybe I was just in a very odd area that didn't happen, but I just never met anyone that was like really serious about like, let's make a band and let's make it like the biggest thing in the world. Like I met people that were like, okay, let's jam, whatever. But I never met people that were like, let's take over the world. And yeah. that's what I always just thought in my head. I was like, I want to do this to the highest echelon. So... You know, I went to high school, met a couple people, like we jammed and stuff, but nothing really happened. Went to uni, and going to uni was just me being like, okay, this is going to introduce me into a whole new, like, uh, pile of people, and I've got to find someone here, right? Yeah. So I would really go to bars and, like, be in line and, like, look at a guy and be like, eh, long hair, kind of looks like you play guitar. Hey, man, you want to, like, do you, do you do music? Like, I literally went through, like, a bunch of people and, like, nothing stuck. And I was like, holy crap, man. Like, I was just freaking, I was looking for whatever I could find. And then, 
then I made like one like uh, an old no disco song back in um, uni that is not really on the internet anymore. But I reached out to Mike because my friend or my roommate Zach, who actually co-directed the unrelated music video, um, knew Mike because they grew up in Oakville. So then I hit Mike up. He mixed that old no disco song, which was called Satin White, and then from then I just like went to his place and i think val like rob from valley like the the singer and alex from valley the bassist had like a side project that they were like tracking at the time and i remember just going into that room and just like seeing them actually tracking and recording shit professionally and i was like what yeah is this so i was like i am getting in here so then i just was like Mike, let's do something, please, please. And I sent him a bunch of demos. He was like, "Ah, eh, it's okay." And then finally, uh, I did the thoughts from your car demo with Zach and a guy named Scott King um, at Laurier, and it was like super lo-fi and sounded like some Joy Division stuff, like a Joy Division B-side. And then I sent it to, my, or I went to Mike one day and we were trying to track like older no disco songs that were just not working. Yeah. And he was like, Oh, this is it. So then we just wrote the hook and then we were like, Oh God, this is a song. And then we did a couple songs and then I got accepted into that Babyface songwriting camp. And then that's when Milano hit me up and he was actually a cousin of a friend of mine. So once Milano and I met, this is kind of like going past the question, but this is um, hey, yeah, like a key thing. But once Milano and I met, the first session we ever did, I swear to you, the first thing we even started was Love You Early. Like the yeah. third No Disco song. Yeah. The first thing we ever worked on. Like it just started and that was it. Was Love You Early. So as soon as that happened, I was like, this is the guy. So ever since then, like Milano's been like a, godsend like that guy is incredibly incredibly talented and i'm so lucky to work with him and we've got so much stuff that we finished but like i said now it's just like about planning and and strategically kind of releasing things because you know i've spent my whole life kind of studying the come-ups of certain acts and i just know that as much as people like to like be like, oh, it just happened so organically. Yeah. There's so much planning behind the scenes that no one knows about that I'm happy that I clued into. And now I'm trying to like do that for myself because that's just the reality of the industry that, you know, people don't or not everyone thinks about, but, you know, select people do. And um, it's, it's very important to really, really plan it. Yeah. So. And you should uh, definitely give yourself a lot more credit than I've, than I've read, because um, even with like the Babyface, you know, songwriting camp, and you know, you said it happened by fluke, and um, you know, even meeting Mike from Valley and pestering him, a lot of the things that you've done, whether it's sending a bunch of emails, whether it's uh, you know showing up to the, the songwriting camp and and doing all these things, that's like your way of working towards what you want. And I and I and I when I read your interview, I think with forgot what the press was but i i kind of saw myself in that perspective and that sometimes you can be so in the moment that you're not like realizing like like you said the behind the scenes of like the hard work that you're doing and on the note of the come up and things like that 
when you released the your first single and it had that success as a fan of music and understanding you know like the debut aspect of it how did that success help you into um getting that confidence like that first step like okay the first single worked now it's time to really push through and keep releasing how many singles you've released with and like love you early in moonlight in the bedroom how did that first single really help well the thing is is you know i was like raised to always have high expectations and not to be a pessimist and stuff but there's something about like my expectations were extremely high like i like i kind of reiterated before it's like i wanted i want the world right so when i put out that song i knew how good it was i invested in you know having christine mix it who did like passion pit saint lucia um you know and we got like uh, through him we got a great mastering engineer joe laporta who's you know sterling sound so i was like okay i love this song but again, it's the classic industry thing where it's like, if you don't have the right connect or the right person to believe in it, it's like, who knows what will happen. So I was lucky that when I released that song, Valley was on tour with Band Camino. So they had tons of eyes on them. And when I released it, they shared it because obviously, you know, Mike yeah. worked on it and they're friends of mine. So I don't, I don't know. Like it just worked. So it, not to say that it was like this overnight hit because, you know, it's not really, but it just started streaming really well. And because I just knew about, you know, the Spotify algorithms and all that, I was like, God, ah, it needs to get this because you, like, I don't have like the Spotify connect yet and all that. So luckily it just started getting kicked into the Spotify algorithm really quickly because and it makes sense. And honestly, this would be one of my biggest pieces of advice for anyone who's like launching a debut thing is like, if you have like a decent network of people. So like, for example, Valley listeners, when that dropped, yeah, it made sense that Valley listeners and band Camino fans would like it. So when it dropped and the Spotify algorithm was seeing that these fans were just like eating it up, it's very easy for Spotify to be like, Oh, okay, well let's just show it to these fans because clearly all these people have thoughts from your car by no disco, but also band Camino and Valley and you know, whatever other band in their playlists. So let's just introduce it to them. So because of that, it just kicked into discover weekly and then started doing like pretty well. And then, you know, that just kind of led up to having a great release plan for moonlight, my bedroom, which also went well. And, Love You Early is a different story. I'm a little uh, disappointed with the performance thus far, but that's yeah. okay. But um, Unrelated is also doing great because now that, you know, I kind of built that like Spotify um, bedrock that is so integral. Um, yeah, this time, and I also distribute through Level, which is, they've been incredible and um, literally like team members. They've been really um, helping and pushing the project along. So Unrelated it's like by like doubled any doubled slash tripled any of the debut numbers of the other songs. So I'm excited. And the Spotify support has been amazing. Tons of playlists. And, um, I know after the 
babyface songwriting and the idea of community and things like that and working with other writers. I know that now I think you said that uh, in the future or even now that your focus is really like having it to yourself, I guess, like the writing, like, and even whether, I know you've said like, you, you, you're not a producer, but you, you, it's, I give it the, the sense that you will eventually like, you know, want to put more control into what you do. Talk to me about your songwriting process uh, and um, your interpretation of pop, because I know you're a fan of Max Martin, and uh, yeah. I am too, because I think uh, people, I think his type of pop, people don't, like, they hear this, the music, but they don't really realize, like, the, the depths of it. So, yeah. yeah, so talk to me about that, because that's, um, yeah, that's a really cool thing. Yeah. Um, so, the thing is, is that I actually do consider myself a producer. The only thing I, I don't like about myself is that I'm a little, like, ADHD, and I just have always found it very hard to learn, like, the technical aspects of producing, but... Like I kind of said before, all of the creative kind of ideas of how a song is going to go count as production because that's what I learned from Babyface. Like I was really insecure at the camp and I talked to him and I was like, you know, like I'm not behind the computer, but like I'll be like, this has to be the bridge and the guitar needs to come in here and it needs to go, from, it needs to be stereo and it needs to go left to right. And like, so I'm, I, I have all these production ideas. I'm just not like engineering them. So I have production credit on the songs because I am producing. I'm just not, you know, the guy behind the computer. And that's, like, becoming pretty commonplace now, I think. But um, anyway, so back to the song camp. Um, wait, what was, the, what was the song camp question? I kind of forgot. So it was like uh, now you want more control over the songwriting in terms of right. like you like the idea of co-writing and working with people but i read that you know you want more control of the music and the, and the songs and things like that yeah well okay this is my thing because co-writing is cool but for me i've just realized that the best music i make is with people like i love so like Mil milano and i will get in the studio have a fucking blast and just you know be laughing whatever and then we'll just it just happens so naturally but the thing that i realized with the camp is when you just throw people that don't know each other in a room and go make a song it's like i don't know you yeah i don't know i don't know like what record you love like milano and i i will just it'll be like 2 a.m and we'll be sending each other you know references and records with like crazy ad libs on the end and you know you know what i mean so then by the time we hit the studio we know Yo, let's take this. Let's do that. Let's do that. So, co-writing has there's been, become this like cultural thing around co-writing, and it's fine. But for me, I kind of want my because I think that like how a Max Martin or you know a Dennis Pop or a Jimmy Jam Terry Lewis kind of hone their sound is by working together, right? So I want like you know me and Milano's sound to become a thing. Yeah. So if I introduce too many people into the picture. I don't end up having my own sound, if that makes any sense. So that's my kind of um, hesitancy towards co-writing, um, just simply because of the fact that I I want people to be like, like for example, I want people to be like, oh, um, Thoughts From Your Car, Moonlight in My Bedroom, um, Love You Early. Oh yeah, it's the same people that produced um, 
uh, unrelated. And then, you know, Milano and I made a song that's like super um, Smashing Pumpkins, like 90s grunge, right? So I want people to listen to that and be like, these guys like also made this R&B song, like this 90s, early 2000s R&B song. So that's what's important to me. I don't want people to see all these credits and be like, ah, who's actually doing this? I want people to see like my name, Milano's name, and even like Mike Brandolino's name and be like, these guys make this sound. So that's, that's why I say that. Sure. And uh, usually with uh, my interviews, when it gets to near the end, you know, I'll tell an artist, you know, like, how is the rest of the year going? I know shows and all these stuff, but with COVID and things like that, I detoured away from that. Now I like ask artists, you know, like general, like a general question. And so for you, being a fan of music and uh, like being able to kind of take your, take a step back from it and kind of view yourself as, you know, like no disco is a project and you're encompassing what you would always want an artist to be for you in releasing records and and i know you said you performed as well and being no disco from the inception of the idea to where you are now how has the journey been for you in terms of like really being a, a part of something that you know you've kind of wanted to be a part of from from fans perspective too yeah like it, it was it, it feels very good because like it feels bad in a way because um the live part was so integral to it but um yeah i'm just going about this project as if i was like because i am very picky like i listened to almost exclusively stuff pre 2005 so um so for me i just wanted aside from like a, a few like modern things i listen to like for me i just want to make a project that would like wow me because i'm like super picky like there are modern acts that really impress me but they're they're kind of like few and far between like in terms of like a whole entertainment poll so i just want to hit that echelon that like even from the beginning um you know i've created a project that like okay like it needs development you know the live show isn't quite there yet um i don't know about the branding i don't know about uh this that like i don't want there to be any like second guesses about like what this is about i want i wanted from the beginning for it to make sense and for someone to look at it and be like okay i get that um so just being able to start this and and like I've said, I kind of planned this for years and years and years. So now to have actually begun and, you know, releasing merch recently and just, it feels like I have the whole package now. Um, and it just, it feels good to have finally hit that mark and, and have it as the whole thing I wanted it to be aside from shows, which I know, I know I keep bringing up, but like, Oh my God, it's like the most depressing thing in the world. Yeah, but it really is. What can you do? Yeah, I can't, like, last show I went to was Tyler Creator back in London in September, and I did not know that was going to be, like, the last show, so it's really depressing. Uh, but yeah, um, final question, I've kind of been holding this one in for a while, uh, so, uh, what's, uh, the, uh, the infatuation with Dawson's Creek? Um, I don't know, man, like, I started watching that show, and it was just so... Like, I don't, I don't know how to explain it. Just the mood of it, just like, 
I, I love what I love about it, honestly, is that the show is about Dawson who writes or is, is making like a TV show or a movie. I can't remember a TV show or a movie that's kind of like, uh, uh, what's it called? Um, when you write about yourself, uh, biopic? No, not a biopic. Um, like it's self-referential. Yeah. Like he he's like he's writing his movie, but you know, um, Katie Holmes' character in in the show is like the character in his movie, and like he is kind of writing about his infatuation for her as that TV character that he's writing, but it's actually like his real feelings. So, and then you know, just the focus on the bedroom and stuff. That's why I'm I, a lot of my visuals are. You know the unrelated video and the moonlight and then going forward it's going to be a center point as well is i just love that like that um homey kind of like feel that it just feels like just new age romantic um um you know visuals and and um so all around kind of vibe so and then also like my project is like a seven I don't know if it's going to be seven or eight song conceptual like mixtape that is about my um, previous relationship. And from the first song to the last song, it's like chronological order of the relationship. So for me, like Dawson's Creek is that like this record also is just very self-referential. And um, um, I, I guess that's why I just love it so much is you know, I the moonlight in my bedroom cover art was like from like a Dawson's Creek reference. There was like a shot of him and Katie Holmes, or Dawson and Katie Holmes, um, kissing through like a bedroom window, and it was all kind of like um, like silhouette. Yeah. And I was just like, I need to do something like that. So it's just the mood. It just has a mood, and it's just been a big influence for me, just as an overall um, um, approach to kind of this project for sure man uh but yeah man uh thank you so much for uh taking the time out to be on uh the platform um thank you. really yeah. excited to have discovered you especially uh knowing that you're even from toronto too um your music is really really great man i'm excited to, to see you grow and keep releasing um uh, thank you given you know i know you said like um you know, i never really came into this with a band or any connection thing like that but um you know, if you ever need advice on anything, man, like, you know, just, you know, re reach out and things like that. But uh, stay safe, uh, take care, and uh, can't, I literally can't wait to, like, listen to that mixtape and, and, you know, see you and do shows and things like that. Absolutely, man. Thank you so much. Thanks. Take care, man. Okay, peace out. Peace out. Studio One.